You're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at wadesense.com. That's wadesense.com. Welcome, everyone, to Wade Sense. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits the technical savior of this program, Mr. Mike Wilkerson. How What's are you today? Up? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Wade. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. i got to go back a little bit, but I wanted to talk about this, and I've wanted to talk about this for a while. Our program is about what I feel is it's creating paradigm shifts in the way that people think. Okay. And the thing that we battle constantly, at least for me anyway, mm-hmm. is political correctness okay. and this is the show where i really want to get into that sure. but it affected me directly on august 26th my son had come down from oregon uh my son zane with his girlfriend uh, and my grandson and granddaughter we all got together uh out in rolla missouri okay at uh this place i don't remember what it was called cuddles uh, cake shop or a pancake shop or something anyways it was really it, it was a really nice affair Everybody managed to uh, also bring in my uh, anniversary as well. My oh, wife nice. and I have been, yeah, my wife and I married uh, 12 years. Oh, congrats. That's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I was talking to the kids. As always, I'm always trying to bring up uh, our show, our, our, our podcast. Oh, good. And I was, uh, I think I was, who was giving a card to? And my oldest daughter had said, she said, Dad, I want to continue to love you. That she didn't want, because basically all my kids are either left or neutral. Okay. And sometimes it's kind of a pain, but what I was trying to get across, what it is that we're doing, and I believe that we're being successful so far to this point, is it's beyond politics. And that's where the political correctness comes in, is because if you're talking about anything that is not politically correct, acceptable today... You're immediately running into, you know, a rough patch. And, and, and I find that so aggravating, especially with my own children. It's like one of the biggest reasons that I'm doing this is so I do leave that legacy so that, that my kids, after I'm gone, have, have got this, this, this ongoing conversation with their father. I, I don't have that with my dad. I have nothing with his voice recorded. Mm-hmm. It's in my head, and that's it. Right. And it bothers me. It should. It should bother everybody. I I always tell people that I'm so incredibly thankful for the podcasting my dad did because I yeah I got to hear your dad's voice. I yeah. never met him, and it's so cool that I did. Yeah, yeah. The the neat thing of that is that I don't know how that software works. Where uh, they got um, it's not Gene Siskel. Who was the other guy? Roger Ebert. When yeah. They they gave all the source content to the computer, and then they manufactured what is essentially a voice that can do. Roger Ebert. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I've got more words and more sentence structure uh-huh. than they did for Roger Ebert. Uh-huh. And so I, it would be really, really cool if I could just give them everything I've got, and now I have an assimilated voice where I type in what I want to hear, and oh my goodness, listen to my dad say whatever I want him to say. That's, that would be very interesting. That's kind of cool. Anyway, that- the, the, the legacy of podcasting is exactly what it sounds like yeah it is leaving your thoughts your viewpoints and what you think about life to other people that will be here long after you're gone yeah 
it's my hope for everybody that listens to any podcast, whether I'm part of it or not, right? that they listen to the podcast and they take something from it that will continue on inside of their life. doesn't have to be politically leaning. Right. It doesn't have to be some sort of, as you said, paradigm change inside of someone's life. Mm-mm. But it, it just, I want something to stick. And that's why I podcast. It doesn't matter which podcast I'm in. That's why. I know since I started listening to podcasts, both on uh, our network and others, things I've picked up, it has added to my breadth of knowledge. I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've learned things. No question. I, I was learning things on the way out here. Yeah. Something else to share with your kids that I always tell people anyway is that one of the best ways to learn something is to listen to somebody that doesn't think the way that you do. You and I have talked at it may have been on. That's good. Repeat that. That was good. Yeah. I always want to listen to people that don't think the way that I do because they will instantly make you think. It instantly engages your brain. Not so much that you want to, you know, grab the nearest firearm and gun them down. Right. But just makes it, it engages thought. And that's what I want all of our podcasts, especially with Wade Sense, to do, where I'm not looking for political conversion. I could not agree I, more. I, I, I not, just want people to open their minds. I, I I don't even want that much. Really? I want people to be able to understand a perspective, and the only way that you're ever going to get it is by not guessing. Oh. And the best way to not guess is to hear somebody say something about whatever it is you're talking about. That's why when when you say that your kids are uh, left-leaning or centrist, mm-hmm. awesome. You know, it, it, at least you know that, and you can provide the ideas and, and segments that you want so that they can hear what you're thinking. Right. And that's the other thing, too, is that I, I, I have tried, especially with this program, right. from the beginning to not be the drum beating of any one area, but to be the fair area. And then explain why. The explanation of why is also what's almost always missing, especially in an argument. Right. Well, what do you think? Well, I think blah. I don't think that. That's crazy. Okay, well, what happened to the asking about the why? Yeah. That's what drives me crazy about just about every talk show I can listen to, regardless of what they're talking about. They can be talking about entertainment. Right. They can be talking about sports. They can be talking about politics. But what's missing is allowing someone else to give the why. That national Rather conversation is just dying. It, it, the, the ability to just shut up and listen yeah. and take in and then grab some cogent thought and, and then convey it without screaming at somebody, that is that is a dying art. I, I've had this idea, and I hope that at some point I'm still successful in the implementation of it, but I've always wanted, uh, more so recently, to create kind of, a, I call it a, a new old men's traditional club. And the idea is, is that... I get a group of men together from different backgrounds, different ages, different political persuasions, mm-hmm. and it's just that kind of a thing. It's it's an ongoing bull session, nothing really organized, but loosely organized, and, and it, the ability to do just that, to talk about a topic and to get different subjects and not end up screaming at each other yeah. at the end. It's like, there, I hadn't a, thought of that. That's a cool yeah. point. That would be awesome. There's an excellent organization, and it I, I, I happen to be a member inside of it, and I contribute to conversations. I, I'm not a paying member. I'm not a founder of anything that I'm going to be talking about here. Is it but a physical it's, group? or It's a Facebook group. Oh, okay. And it's called Code of Character. Ah. And I absolutely recommend it for people that want exactly what we just talked about. Okay. There are people from every single manner of background you can imagine, from people that are incredibly smart and reasonably wealthy to people that are dirt broke and poor and mm. don't have someone to talk to. 
Well, that's where they go. They and every manner in between the two poles I just talked about go in there to talk about things that are impacting their life and get insight from anybody that wants to chime in. Yeah. I, I do want to take a moment to credit Justin Bailey, the one of, if not the, the founder of Code of Character, because he's someone that we met on an, another Facebook group in regard to podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoy his initiation of discussion. The best is that there is a very small governing structure of how you will participate and speak to each other. And everybody knows that if you're looking to be a dumbass, Mm -hmm. if you want to be that guy, regardless of which way you lean, you're not going to last very long inside the group. And with that tiny bit of ground structure that everybody can operate on and have as an assumption to work with, Mm -hmm. the discussion is always something interesting, regardless of what the topic is. Uh, Justin just recently moved to Germany with his family for a a wonderful networking job, and he's going to be there for a series of years. And so what I love about what he provides is he has such an interesting – he already had an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to take – that he doesn't even live in the United States, and now he's governing this giant group of over 5,000 people that talk about a variety of things and a variety of different topics inside of the structure over at – code of character we'll be sure to link it up inside the show notes as well so that well, yeah it sounds those that are those that are listening can go and get a, a whiff of what he's he's not selling anything that's the other neat part too i don't how does, I don't how, does, ever, does, how does code of character come about the, the it almost sounds like a comic book uh, group or something I, i'd have to ask him what the what the origin of the the general group and the concept is okay uh, i do know that he is uh, or, oh, i'm assuming he's now not but he has been a, a national guard member Okay, and so I'm assuming that it, it's something military based that he's taken. It sounded like that structure. also, yeah. And it, and it's wonderful. It, it's it's wonderful. And again, what I really enjoy is that there are there are very passionate stories being shared by people from every walk of life about a variety of different things. Many of them focus specifically on men that have emotional things going on in their life and they don't know how to react. Well, now imagine. If you had a resource where, without reprisal, without yeah. judgment, right. and maybe even some advice that would help you out of a pile of shit, yeah. you could actually go somewhere and find at least an ear. Yeah. Okay, well, you've got it. And that's, you know, if if I had to grab a snapshot of what I know I want for this program and mm-hmm. other efforts that I want to start mm-hmm. that will lean politically, yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. I want there to be an ear. I want there to be a discussion. There can be judgments as well, but then an explanation as to why, and then an understanding. Even if you don't agree, having that understanding where there's at least a semi-light bulb moment at the end is incredibly important for things like that. I just I wish there was someone we could bring it back nationally. I know that it's definitely um, one of my hopes for this program is that we can. We can bring back that national conversation. Mm-hmm. I also belong to a, a Facebook group called uh, the Gloves Are Off a Political Debate Group. And it's, it, there's there's no censorship in this group. You, you can curse. You can say whatever it is that you want to do. And and there's nobody. And one of the rules of the group is that you don't go and and tell Facebook about whatever it is that you're talking about. So it it is a free thinking, free debate group. And I just I want something like that. And maybe with today, with everybody being as busy as they are and having their own lives, it's 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 now a pipe dream. But I want that kind of a, a group in person. I, I I always have where everybody assembles someplace, maybe around a table, and you yeah. know the old, the old cigar smoking club type thing is what I'm yeah. after. Yeah. thing that I want to talk about today, and and here's the thing, like the organic structure that we've built 
in this program where I come up with a concept and then you start poking holes in it. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that necessarily with this because I think we're so firmly on the same side. Oh, trust me. I'll uh, find something. You'll find something to poke I'll holes find in something. I think one of the fun things I love about this is that I, I love learning to find holes to poke even if I don't necessarily agree with what it is. Just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I love I love the concept of playing devil's advocate. It's awesome. just a matter of making sure people understand that I am playing devil's advocate as opposed to advocating something that I do not believe in. Ah. <laughs> so You probably do that more successfully than I, I do. It's where I have to have the devil voice <laughs> inserted inside of the stream, then they'll understand that I'm playing devil's advocate. Understand exactly where I'm coming from, young man. Yeah, but I don't have that, so people just have to, uh, you know, I guess I could talk in the Mickey Mouse voice when, when I'm talking about the devil. Yeah, that would be I don't really, know. That'd be goofy. Interesting. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, what are we talking about, Wade? It's going to be a multi-part series on the war on fighting political correctness. If, if, okay. if there's something that I personally feel like is, is a mission for my life, and that is exactly that. It's fighting the war on political correctness. And it's because it is such an antithesis of, of where it is that we are as Americans. It goes so completely against it. And we'll delve more into political correctness than exactly what it means, and where it came from. But uh, i got to ask you a question, Mike, because you said that most people would not have a really good understanding of what political correctness was, and you were on the money. I have asked a number of different people, and, well, you saw some of the responses that we had mm-hmm. on our Facebook page, yeah. and that was kind of uniform of what I've run into and the people that I've been talking to in my I, cab. Nobody's got a really good grasp yeah, I, of it. I think that people go directly to a box that they think it means, uh-huh. and very often... I, I, I don't think that they are understanding exactly what they're articulating. I think that they can pull a piece out of pop culture someplace or a feature film mm-hmm. or a television series that they've recently seen or a news item. That's probably typically, especially over the course of the last three weeks, I think that's definitely what you, what you could pull from. Yeah. But the, the concept of political correctness has a very wide berth, and it is not one-way leaning. Right. That might perk up your eyebrows. Wait a minute. But it's, it's actually... Not, no, it really no. is one-way leaning. No. Oh, no, okay, you. well, hang on a second. No, wait a minute. I see where you're going because there's things that are more... As as we've split this this tri- this rampant tribalism that's taken over in our country, I can kind of see what you mean. So there's a, a school of thought that is more acceptable to the right as well as to the left. But here's the difference, though. The left is the one that has the stranglehold, for the most part, on our culture. And like Andrew Breitbart said, politics is downstream from culture. And I think you can't look at the news and what's been going on and not really firmly grasp that, especially with, my God, Kanye West being uh, in the, having his summit with uh, uh, President Trump. Uh, it, it really is the truth. It, it, culture is downstream or politics is downstream from culture. Yeah. I, I, th- there's a scope. I think we can, uh, at least I'm hoping we can agree, Mm -hmm. that all of this is based on, and the scope is the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule in regard to... I know what that is for women. (laughs) Really, just about everything, I think, in life. It's it's something I think if if you really do break it down, it all really does work. There are are 80% of people, and there are 20% of people. Uh-huh. 10% of the 20% live on one side. Yeah. The other 10% of that 20% live on the other side. The extremes, okay. Right. The 80% people all live in the middle. Mm-hmm. And the further you drift from one side to another, the more likely you are to not only lean in that direction, but foster those principles. Mm-hmm. And depending on 
your character makeup, depending on how you grew up, depending on the environment that you're in, depending on your education, all the things that make up a person, mm -hmm. you're going to, you, that's how you're going to be able to de determine whether you're leaning more or less in one particular direction. Now, when you talk about the want to wail on, especially left-leaning, politically correct people, mm -hmm. I don't disagree with you that there's a bunch there, but... It's because they're the most vocal. Exactly. Like they're I the, said, they have the stranglehold on the culture. There's a there's a difference there, though. It's not that they have a stranglehold on the culture. It's their willingness to be loud. That yeah, because, they are more willing to be obnoxious. Because they lean in that direction, because they have the thoughts that they have, mm -hmm. they are way more willing to voice their opinion. In particular, this whole new thing of... Let's go. Let's go. Make sure we find people going out to dinner with their families. Yeah, and then begin shouting ridiculously at them inside of a restaurant. That's insane. It, it it's not. It's de, it's the it's the failure of decorum. Yeah, and the the concept of decorum, and the wanting to break down what is decorum. Right. That all is absolutely a piece of what we're talking about tonight. Right. But I also just want you to know that on the other side, there are also people that may or may not scream at people in the same fashion, mm -hmm. but in a completely opposite leaning direction. But because they're closer to towards the 10% extreme, right. they're grouped with people that are absolutely willing to do it, just like on the other side. Yeah. So when I say the political correctness isn't just leaning one way, it's not. But the ones that are way more vocal and the ones that definitively get the headlines, yeah. because of the way the culture and the news networks are made up, are definitively left-leaning. Yeah. Uh, so can we agree on that snapshot? Yes. No, absolutely. Start? I, okay. I, I can absolutely agree with okay. that. But let me ask you a quick question, because I know when it was that political correctness came into my life as a term that all of a sudden, oh, that's something new. What does that mean? When, when, it was, when was it for you? When did political correctness come into your life as, as, as something, a new term? Well, politics started early for me. Okay. Being from, in general, I tell people I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. Because I spent most of my higher learning years, <laughs> my high school years and all of my college years in Wisconsin. Uh -huh. So when I tell people I am a conservative from Wisconsin, uh -huh. it's a tilt. Yeah. When I tell people I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Wisconsinite, I am conservative leaning, and uh -huh. hey, by the way, I went to one of the largest liberal-leaning colleges Madison? on planet Earth. Is it in Madison? That's the one in Madison, isn't it? Right. Okay. And then a whole bunch of other places in the same area. Uh -huh. That is an even larger tilt, because how on, how on earth could that happen? Right. So you can imagine as being the minority lean inside of a state back then, mm -hmm. like Wisconsin, although that's completely changed now, too. The, the landscape, the political landscape inside of Wisconsin in particular, especially around Madison and the larger cities in Wisconsin, has almost completely changed. Really? It's no longer the liberal heaven that it, is, it was? It is absolutely not. Wow. That, that's, when, that's why you have a governor uh -huh. that is suddenly ruling the place that is not democratic. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't around then. I wasn't around when they passed the conceal and carry laws, which uh -huh. again is an absolute grinding to a halt concept. If you flash back 25, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. And now that that's all viable, that all of that is in there, and it's all running. Nothing came to a grinding stop. A meteor didn't strike the middle of Wisconsin and destroy <laughs> half the populace. Yeah. It, it all continued to run. Uh -huh. Okay, well, imagine that. Right. Shocking. And it's not, right. It's not because conservatism has, was somehow better. 
it's because there's always going to be a tug of war right. in, inside of politics. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've always known. I've always known since I was a very young kid about conservative politics and that there's always going to be a struggle. The concept of political correctness, yeah. that didn't strike me until well into the 90s. And really, I've, I've got to thank Bill Maher because his original program, Politically Incorrect. Oh, yeah. Is where I know I got my initial threads of what we're talking about when we talk about politically incorrect. And again, he is exactly the the seed moment, the seed moment for what I'm talking about when I say I want to hear people that are diametrically different than I am yeah. that can explain to me what they're thinking. Now, Bill's got razor blades that come out at random on things that he says. Yeah. And people really don't like it. I mean, like He'll say something that is incredibly pointed and really does tear open a big wound in people. Right. But who he is and what he does, it absolutely fosters everything that he does. The person on the other side that I would akin to him mm-hmm. is Ann Coulter, uh-huh. who, again, I, I, I am not in in league and aligned with her at all. Uh She's way over on that other side of the paradigm that we're talking about. That's screaming into the other 10% of the other side of the scale. Okay. And you'll note that she's the most vocal. Mm -hmm. She's the one that stood up in a room and goes, I think Donald Trump is going to win the presidency. Yeah. And I mean, this is, I think it was, was I've it seen that year? clip over and over and again. 14 months Th- before Their faces this. were amazing. Yeah. yeah. When everybody's faces that were, were looking it's at like, her. Oh, like, are you out of your mind? That's crazy. Crazy talk. But she stood by it. She, uh, not only did she That's stand brave. by it. That's brave. That is brave. Not only did she stand by it, but she explained why. Yeah. And again, anytime you will take the time to explain why, mm-hmm. while not slitting my throat with one of your razor blades, by yes. the way, I'm all in. I'm all in and I'm listening. Right. And then eventually it's going to be my turn to talk about what I think about what you just said and why I think that. Anytime I can get into situations like that, absolute thumbs up. The problem is that, especially with political correctness stretching in either direction, Mm -hmm. it never gets there. It never gets there. There's always a volatile implosion moment and or a nuclear moment where somebody loses their temper or call somebody a name, or doesn't bother to take the time to find out the why part of what's going on. And when you don't do that, everything just falls apart. Well, it's like I told you. It's like people today anymore are reacting. They're not thinking. And and they're reacting the way that they unconsciously feel that society wants them to react. Because I have found in many times the discussions that I've gotten into, when someone says something, I ask them to prove their point. And very quickly, they're just almost sputtering with rage because they realize I don't really know why it is that I feel this way. It's just that society, as of the last few years, has conditioned me to feel that way. For me personally, when political correctness came into my life as a term, a brand new term, I was at the same time, it was in the 90s. I remember it was shortly after, I believe, Clinton got into office. And uh, I remember Donna Shalala was coming into his administration. I don't remember what, it, what position it was, but she had recently been a provost at a, uh, at a college somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they'd been practicing, she'd, she'd been practicing political correctness on the campus. And at that point, what I could read out of it was that there were certain things, terminology that you could no longer use. And I remember that uh, 
at that point, I think they officially dropped using Japs and something else from the paper. It was just terminology that you no longer were able to use. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And then I think a little bit, little bit more uh, I heard about it uh, on Rush Limbaugh's program. And then for the most part, I really wasn't thinking about it all that much. And then Barack Obama gets into office, and now there's things that, for me, political correctness really went into overdrive. And there were things that you just flat couldn't say anymore without automatically determining, oh, you're being racist. And I heard something on the way in tonight to our uh, to record that really hit me. Uh, I was listening to a Bill Whittle PJ Media video, and he was talking about, he said that the charge of racism only works on people who aren't racist. Because think about it. If you talk to somebody who's in the KKK or an avowed Nazi or whatever, and you talk, you call them a racist, Duh, yeah, that's our brand. Do you see the, the, the hoods and the burning crosses? The only people who feel like they have to defend against the term racism are those people who have, really don't have a racist bone in their body. And all of a sudden, it comes back to the rule in Wade's sense where make the other person prove their point. Yeah, and that's what's test, Yeah, right. that's what's, what's not happening. Right. The definition for political correctness is uh, this. PC has gone through four stages of meaning. Politically correct was initially coined by Leon Trotsky, who was one of the founders of uh, modern communism in Russia, to refer favorably to those whose views remained in sync with the ever-shifting Bolshevik party line. The Bolsheviks were the the, uh, political party that caused the communist revolution in Russia. This is important, as not PC people risk prison or death. Think about it today. I mean, if there's one thing that absolutely amazes me, the older I get is how history does constantly keep repeating itself like the shock tactics the shock tactics right now of the uh antifa uh, uh, hoodlums and how bad it's gotten over in uh in uh oregon and washington they're acting just like brown shirts yet they scream constantly that if you don't believe everything that they believe that you are fascist it's crazy how it just keeps repeating itself well, it repeats itself, but clearly the Antifa people don't understand what the actual word fascism means. No, not in the very least. So that, 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 that's, again, it, it comes from the centerpiece of not being educated about what you're saying and saying things that make sense because they've heard it from someone else. And so we'll do exactly the same thing. It's modeling behavior that's, one, totally unacceptable, two, against the grain, and three, instantly gets you in front of news cameras. Well, the more that we get so. into our subject matter of uh, political uh, correctness, you're going to see that the, ter- the, the the charge of fascism goes all the way back, really, to World War II and past. Mm-hmm. Politically correct was revived and, again, used favorably by 1960s new left radicals who fancied themselves revolutionaries in the mold of Che, as in Che Guevara, Castro, and Mao. Politically correct was first used negatively by 1980s conservatives following the publication of Alan Bloom's Closing of the American Mind. Conservatives embraced the term politically incorrect as a badge of honor to contrast their championing of free speech against campus leftists and who use speech codes to suppress debate on sensitive topics. This was also the term, the term first became widely known by its acronym PC. This is where we are today. Because as you'll find out, Political correctness is really the science to destroy Western culture. Remember once when I called political correctness, not really, uh, Marxism, as it's the philosophy of bullies, of uh, it was, it was a bullies, losers, and the mentally challenged? Well, the more that you get into that, you'll see. 
Now, this is why I firmly believe that Marxist beliefs and the subsequent form of government that sprang from them are those of uh, bullies, losers, and the mentally challenged. And please, let me elaborate. I say bullies because there's no tolerating any other thinking, and usually they're enforcing that with deadly force. That's, that right. is Just how bully gods does something. With the exception of the deadly force part and Coulter. And oh, I'll, as far I'm as... Gonna, I'm going to keep... Playing, I'm going to continue poking playing, from the other side. Okay. Not, again, not because I support it, because I am conservative-leaning. There's no doubt in my mind... Right. I learn conservatively. However, it's the voice. It is the, I want to be louder. I want to be more pronounced. Mm -hmm. Hence, I will speak with my tone like this. Right. Just like she does, so that people will clearly understand what I'm talking about right. when I'm talking about the other side of battle. Okay. Don't you understand? <laughs> and that, that's, that's what I mean. It's exactly the same thing that you see on the other side. The difference is you're absolutely right about the violence part and where Ann Coulter is not ready to get on a horse and light people afire with a torch. Right. Where I do feel that very often from what I see inside of especially the mainstream news streams. Yeah with people that are on the other side that are leaning into political incorrectness. And that's the biggest thing that you'll find with political uh, with the politically correct is that their very beginning, their very philosophies are there's there's no tolerance for any other subject matter than theirs. Right. And they even went so far in the beginning as to talk about that basically logic was not uh, connected to subject matter. So basically their argument was if something supported Marxism, then it was to be tolerated. If it didn't, then it wasn't to be tolerated. And, and that's exactly where you see where we are today. Yes and no. Again, I get this is something we've talked about in a couple of conversations off, off recording yeah, right. where I, I challenge everybody right now that's listening, mm -hmm. regardless of who you are, regardless of your age, regardless of your education level, please quickly, to a point without saying the word um, describe the word Marxism. And the answer is that it can't be done. The The pure sample of this is through the Wade Sense Facebook presence. Because when you ask the question to get the answer, mm -hmm. what you get then is another series of rabbit holes with words that everybody is not going to understand. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. It's like me trying to explain something that Neil deGrasse Tyson would say to people and trying to explain it when none of us have a cone of reference for anything. Mm -hmm. And then I ask you to then tell me where that conversation would go. And that's what happens when you say the word Marxism, even the word communism. You can, you can know that it's bad. We know that. We absolutely know that. We know that it's a way of life. We know that. Right. What we don't know are the constituent parts of the conversation that need to be told to have then a context to what the word communism, what the word Marxism means, what the word Taoism means. Th that is not a generally known thing inside of America, especially America demographics. Oh, no, absolutely. It's just, this it's stuff not. isn't taught, and that, right. that, that's and so infuriating. It's infuriating, but that means that you've got to come up with either something else that is somehow a referent to something that is akin to that. That's what. That's why Neil deGrasse Tyson is so popular. Yeah, is because he's able to take what are these, literally out there like Pluto concepts, mm -hmm. and bring them down literally to Earth for people. Yeah, so that they can understand the shape of something, or right. how some one thing relates to another, mm -hmm. or how because something like this happens. There is an intermediary of relationships that happen that then cause this to happen. 
He is a master of doing that. He's also a master of roping in things inside of the pop culture stream Mm -hmm. so that not only do people get it, they instantly get it. Yeah. And that's what's missing with the concept of being able to explain the words Marxism, Taoism, communism. All of those words, we, we, we all know that they are not good because lots and lots of people die. Right. Okay, we've got that part. But now explain it in a way that is going to work. And I'm not asking you to do that here. Okay. But it is a piece of when you use those things to refer to something and why they're bad. Right. If you don't know why those things are bad, none of what you're talking about has any referent and then nobody's got any context. If you don't have any context, the piece of the why is missing. And we've already talked about what happens when you don't have the why. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's a very short version of what we talked about, I think it's now two or three weeks ago, when we talked about putting um, political correctness on the on the crosshair inside of the program. Right. And that, that really, if there was a meat topic that I wanted to say about it, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Because I'm well-educated. I, 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 I'm not super smart. I'm no, not a genius. No, but you're definitely one of the smarter people I do know. Right. And- what I can tell you right now is if somebody were to ask me what the word communism means, right. if someone were to ask me, what does Marxism mean? You're struggling. That's not right there. If somebody said the word Taoism, I just pulled that out of my ass because right. you happened to mention the word Tao. Right. So, well, what's Taoism? Well, I'm not entirely sure. But what I do know is that just like it happens inside of everything else, mm. the instant you want it to go off the cliff, let's add in some Hitler. And so if you say the words Marxism, if you say right. the words communism, if you mention Tao, you know that all those people murdered lots of Stalin. Yeah. Stalin is another one that is always mentioned when things are bad and going wrong. Right. Dude, I get it. Right. But you have to be able to have a context beyond it's bad. There has to be a why it's bad. Robbing a bank is not good. Why? Well, because there are consequences. And the consequences are insert whatever the consequences are. Well, if there's if you need to understand in a simple phrase why Marxism is bad, especially coming from the point of uh, somebody who's grown up in Western culture, it's simply this. Marx did not believe in private ownership of property. He wanted the government to own the means of production, and he had this loony idea that there would be a revolution and that the people would rise up and seize the means of production. The people, at this case, at this case meaning the government. But here is the thing that you need to understand that should be simple enough for anybody to understand. Look around you. If you're at least of the age of 30, you can pretty much see that your government doesn't do anything well. Why? Because it goes against the very first principle of the free market. It doesn't have to compete with anybody. And if you don't have to compete with anybody, you don't have to show results. And you can go along and be as mediocre as possible. It's also an umber hulk. It's, it's where it's so large and hulking, it can't... It, cannot possibly do anything right even even to change something if it needed to reach down and change the pair of shoes it's got on well that takes six years to do yeah. that so enjoy it yeah now, we're, and we're, we're, let's grab the wheel a little bit and jump back on topic okay but i wanted to make sure that we talked about that because the the constituent parts of being able to understand the context of an argument and the why is at least as important as the argument or the discussion of whatever it is you're talking about right so Okay. Uh, back into your. Uh, let's see. I was talking about uh, bullies, losers, and the mentally in, uh, mentally challenged. And I remember the first time that I talked to you about this, you said it's like, well, what is your point? Why is why is why are you doing this? Right. Because I want to show that in my way of thinking, and I think most people's way of thinking, they really stop and think about it. Any ideology, any idea, 
should be able to be challenged in the field of ideas by another ideology and stand up on its own if it is the correct one. I agree with that. I'm all for understanding and not liking politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. I just know that it is not a one-way street by any stretch. The, The Kavanaugh stuff is only one sample. But here's the problem, though, is that those that are pulling the strings of power, it is largely on one side. This 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 started back in the 20s, came to America, mm-hmm. and over time is infiltrated into every single campus. You got to understand where it starts is with critical theory. Critical theory started with the Frankfurt School, which was started in Germany shortly before Hitler came to power. Mm-hmm. This was started by Marxists. The reason that they started the Frankfurt School was it was all about tearing down Western civilization because they realized early on their science was wrong. Sure. People did not rise up. They Agreed. did not try to seize power. I, I think we're all on the same page. I think everybody that's listening and hearing exactly what you're saying, I mm-hmm. think even the people that lean left are all on the same page with what you're saying. That's not where it all diverges. Where it diverges is inside of a modern-day culture. Where but that's the thing, anybody, is that... anybody on the spectrum, regardless of your, whether you're in the 80 or in the 20s, mm-hmm. doesn't make any difference. You can have the same voice as anybody else on the spectrum instantaneously now. And all you've got to do is scream louder than the person standing next to you. But what I'm trying to get across, Mike, with, with what my research is that I've found out is that political correctness is a cancer that came into our culture a lot earlier. That's why I said, when did it come into you and when did it come to me? For for us, both both basically, it was in the 90s. Political correctness as a tool to destroy Western culture goes all the way back to the 20s. And it started when critical theory came out of the Franklin School. Critical theory is the theory to criticize basically every single institution of Western culture and break us down and have us going at each other's throats, which is where we are. Mm-hmm. It's almost a hundred years old. Right. 1919 is when they realized that that's why I say that this is a philosophy of the mentally challenged because what is the definition of insanity? When, when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, they realized in 1919, their most brilliant uh, Marxist at that point who was uh Gerig Lukash. Gerig Lukash became the deputy commissar of uh, Hungarian government. At that point, he realized what it was. There was not going to be a workers' revolution as long as Western culture existed because it was too strong, i.e. too successful, to draw the workers away from it. So instead of just going, wow, fellas, our philosophy was completely wrong because if what we're all trying to do is make the, the people of the world happy and successful and prosperous, they've already figured it out on the, on, on, on the West. So we're just going to say to hell with this philosophy and go with what makes sense. And in 1919, they realized, no, we were completely wrong. Our science was completely wrong. But instead of admitting that, they figured... No, we're going to destroy that. The whole thing with, politi- with, 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 with critical theory is that they wanted to destroy the West, even though they realized Western culture actually works. And they, they didn't admit Instead of admitting that and just saying to hell with theirs, they said, well, no, we're going to continue to keep trying to destroy it. To the point where when they were chased out of Germany uh, because everybody at the Frankfurt School was uh, both Jewish and communist, which was not going to be popular in Germany at all, they ended up in America. 
And instead of looking around and realizing, wow, these people are happy and successful, the workers, the, the, the people that we're trying to elevate, yeah, they're already here. It's like, oh, no, this isn't right. They actually thought at that point, well, Americans have kind of a, a – there's a lot of fascist tendencies in this country. So we're going to take what we were trying to do in Germany and bring it over here to the host nation, which we just fled with our families and all of our earthly belongings, and we're going to try to destroy this culture. Politically correct, critical theory, the home of political correctness and destruction of Western culture is in, taught in every single university. Name one single school in this country, large, small, or medium, where they don't have women's studies, African-American studies, gay studies. And it's all about dividing, pointing, and allowing you to be a victim for these people that believe in this philosophy. It is more honorable, more morally satisfying to wallow in victimhood, however you perceive it, than it is to actually rise up, stop pointing fingers, and go, I'm part of the problem. I need to solve this. It's starting to happen in this country, but it is going to be a long long, hard battle, and that is definitely going to be part of the series, is how do we fight this and how do we fight this on the campus? And I have some ideas which we will get into in the preceding shows, but this is where we are. This is what needs to be attacked. This is why I'm bringing this up. If you go to my Facebook page, at the very top, it says, a man determined to beat back the anathema of political correctness. Wade Sense is my weapon. Long before this program even came into existence, that was my philosophy. Oh, and if you're wondering, Nethma, that means something and someone that you, one, vehemently uh, dislikes. Another 50-cent word. I think that's great. Uh, again, the, the call to action there is to get what you guys think is the concept of political correctness. So come on over to the Wade Sense Facebook presence and let's talk about it. Let's, let's have an open discussion. Taxi! Let's realize that we're looking for the why of what you're talking about and learn something. It's a whole point. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We really, really want to hear exactly how it is that you feel. And any ideas that you have along the way to fight what you think is political correctness. Guys, we will be right back with the rest of Wade Sense. Stay tuned. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. 
Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. For most, Friday the 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Folks, we're back from break. I want you to indulge Mike and I in one of our very favorite topics, and that is YouTubery. Mike, feel free to go ahead. What is yours for today? I will. I've got a couple. The first one I'm going to start with is from a collection of videos. A couple. Are, there you go, being greedy again. Uh, they've become incredibly gold for me. Gotcha. Uh, not only is this one about a Volkswagen Beetle, which uh, I have a true passion for. Obviously. Uh, my, my very first car to begin with. Oh, really? But uh, also, I have currently a 1974 custom Super Beetle with a recording studio built into the front of it. Yes. That's the podcast bug, which we'll link to inside the show notes, mm-hmm. that goes all over the United States and captures podcasts from any one of a number of millions of people. Wink, wink, not judge. <laughs> this one, however, is from another episode of Jay Leno's Garage. I love that show. A show that has become... Uh, again, you you had talked about having that group of, you said, having a group of men around you. Yeah. I'm not so much interested in being around a group of men all the time, but that thing that is comfortable that you would surround yourself with. Yeah. If I could have a series of screens around me and all of them had episodes of Jay Leno's Garage, it absolutely is what I would surround myself with. Okay. And it's because of what you see inside this episode. This episode, however, features a 1979 Volkswagen German Beetle police car. What? Yeah, I know. The uh, the, the craziness Was it one of the Super Beetles? It does look like a Super Beetle, yeah. Okay. The, the bottom line, though, is it's not my favorite looking car at all. I mean, it's really goony looking. It's right. white. It's got green, crazy side stripes on it. It's got this ridiculous looking crown with two little PA speakers and then this blue bubble woo, 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 on the top, the, 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 the bubble siren. I mean, it's uh-huh. crazy. It's crazy looking. Right. And the whole that really would look goofy on top of a Volkswagen. The, the whole point, though, is to garner attention. Uh huh. And so this vehicle would traditionally be used inside of traffic efforts, whether it was to either stop people or to direct traffic. Okay. Two officers, two officers would travel in it. They would get out of the vehicle, do whatever they needed to, get back into the car, be laughed at, and leave. <laughs> 
Because it, it wasn't a yeah. high-pursuit car. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's it, it's incredibly slow, but super, super dependable. And that's why you bother to get into a Volkswagen Beetle at all, is that traditionally, they are incredibly dependable. Oh, very. They will, if you just take a modicum of care of them, they will last forever. Oh, for a hot minute, my sister and my mother both had Volkswagen Beetles. Yeah, and uh, this one is great. Again, we'll link it inside the show notes for this episode, and it is it is wonderful. It also makes me realize that there are people that have relationships with Jay Leno. It's another reason why I like Jay Leno, where mm-hmm. it, it's just another guy that likes cars. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And that's you all watch, it is at that point. It's just car guys. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. It fosters the concept of two guys talking. It's not always guys, but traditionally it is, and it's... Very often, it's maybe even more than one guy, which is why you like it, because it's a whole bunch of guys that you're around. You're just missing the point of that, of <laughs> no, that all together. The, the, the gist, though, is that we'll link it up inside the show notes so that all of you can see this car. You can experience the conversations that Jay has with its owner, uh, who has a, a, a couple of boys that jump in the car with him, and they go and have grand familial adventures, oh, yeah. which is what Beatles are built to do they certainly are that's and they, they were a YouTube lot hardier than people thought they oh were yeah. Too. yeah no it's a, uh, again mine is absolutely the exception where it's essentially a brand new car because everything is new except for the unibody did you ever read the, the story about volkswagens when they came to the country they were almost not accepted they could not find anybody that would sell them mm. and it was the, the hippies finally found 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 them and fell in love with them and that's when they really took off interesting yeah. interesting now as a volkswagen fan were you also a fan of carbon gears uh, no, but I have a friend that has one, a yellow one. My dad uh, had one. His his dad owned that one as well, and he's taken golden care of it. Adams. It was a beautiful body. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, the other cool part is that essentially if you lift off that unibody, it's the same car as what we're talking about here. It's exactly the same. Okay. Anyway, that's my first YouTubery. What have you got, Wade? No, no, no. You said you had two. Go ahead. Oh, get the second one. Okay. Yeah. Well, the second one, uh, I'm going to tell everybody to crack open a window to YouTubery now. Uh-huh. What I'd like you to type in are the words, there's two words. The word is ginger, J-I-N-J-E-R. Uh-huh. The second word is Pisces, like the like the sign, the, yeah, the, okay. the astronomical sign. All right. Wade, what I will do for you is I will play this music, which obviously we can't play inside right. of the podcast. Well, I'm sitting here with bated ears. Go ahead. Awesome. Well, and bated eyes. So just. <laughs> I'm watching. All I can tell you is prepare. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so there we go. Okay. How about that? Uh, I'm hooked. For, for I'm those, hooked. For those that didn't bother and listen to the first one minute and 59 seconds of that song, what you missed. Wow. And you got to pause now if you missed it. Go listen to it quick. Again, it's Ginger, J-I-N-J-E-R. The name of the song is Pisces. If you haven't listened, pause now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> At one minute and 59 seconds, you've listened to what is the first bridge of this song yeah and what you have is an incredibly beautiful yeah. Oh, yeah gorgeous melodic female voice over a very dark tone band that's playing wonderfully it looks like there's some uh, very classical guitar skills that are involved in a number of the players that are going the the drummer's obviously a skilled drummer it's outstanding it's great i know what the music puts me in, in mind of tool it's not unlike that. Okay. It's very good, and, guys. You'll like and, it. And then what you hear 
is an incredibly guttural, not scream, but it's where you can just barely understand what she's saying. And you can understand what she's saying because she has excellent diction as she's screaming the lyrics that yeah. I can't quite approximate. And that's what that's what made me absolutely crazy. There's a there's uh, this kind of leads into a third YouTuber that I'll quick and grab the platform for. Yeah, go but ahead. there's a, there's a vocal coach that I've been listening to inside of YouTube, and I, that's how I found these guys. Because what he'll do is he'll just go and find or take recommendations. Sing? What's that? Can you sing? I'm certain that I could. There's uh, there's a lot of really there's a lot of really cool pieces parts, and that's why I like listening to this other guy. All right. Anyway, the gist is that I, I was, I'm like, Ginger, never heard of that band. Yeah. And so he goes, I, his his intro is very, very interesting because he's he's very prim and proper, yeah. but he's got long black hair. He obviously has a golden voice that he can control at whim. Right. You know, he's it, it's amazing. And he, he, he literally said the same thing that you said, which is, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> because you're not, there's no, no way, no way, no way. There's I'd have no never way, predicted that in a million years, not in a million years. No, the, the way that the, they shoot the, the video, what she looks like. The, is that voice modulation at all? No, it's not. That is her. Dude, that's her. That's her. Whoa. And, and that's the best part of the, the other video that I'm going to show you from the vocal coach is that what she away. does is not impossible. It also does not have to destroy your voice, but it is something what? you have to train to do. Yeah. That's why not only will you watch this one in its entirety many times, probably alone in a dark room, <laughs> but you're also going to watch this other one with the vocal coach because he's going to explain what what it is she's doing, essentially how she is doing the things. And oh, why I have the floor, so sir. I want to hear. The vocal coach's name is Sam Johnson. Sam is able to run through a variety of different songs, uh-huh. songs that he's never heard before, and then literally break them down for you into what is going on with whomever is singing them's voice. All right. Anyway, so those are my YouTuberies. Okay. Wait, what have you got? Now that I've taken over the YouTubery. <laughs> I love Bill Whittle. We've talked about this before. I would love to have a channel on TV that just had Bill Whittle and Prager and Ben Shapiro lectures and a couple others and just constantly round and round and round. Yeah. You would learn so much from it. This is a Bill Whittle on how critical theory ruined a generation, like we were talking about previously. I was listening to this on the way out here. The two things that I picked up is that the Frankfurt School had a sword and a shield. That I picked, This is what I picked up from this. The sword was critical theory. That was what they were going to attack Western culture with. Political correctness was the shield in that you could not criticize anybody unless you were part of that group. I'm just learning more and more about what's going on all with political correctness. And once again, Bill Whittle does a fantastic job of getting that across. Well, guys, that was uh, our YouTuber selection. Yeah, yeah, good selections too. Lots I of think fun. so. Once again, I learned from a you. I love that. As will everybody. I love that. Guys, we'd absolutely, once again, love to know what it is that you're watching on YouTube. What is it that you've learned? Uh, What new bands are you into? If you're a fan like me of Pandora, you keep picking up music off that. Wherever you get it, whatever you're watching, please go to wadesense.com and let us know what it is that you're watching listening to.
whenever I talk about things on our podcast that I'm really proud of, Mike, I always come back to Wisdom of the Ages because I just have this vision of people talking about something that we've dug up from centuries, millennia past, and now in 21st century time, people are talking about something new. This is my pick for Wisdom of the Ages. This comes from Henry David Thoreau. I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of man to elevate his life by a conscious endeavor. I looked at that and I read that and literally chills ran down my spine because it is true. And it's something that so few of us, I think, really stop and do. Do you really take a minute and grab a full, a firm grasp of your life and decide what direction it is that you're doing to, to elevate yourself to a different path. And I don't think a lot of people do. I know I'm trying to very desperately. What about you? I think I'll join on the bandwagon of education because it's one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Something I know that I've had forever is that thirst for education. I know I got it as I got older too as opposed to the opposite yeah. where there's an original thirst for education. And as you get older and crusty, you don't care. And I don't have that. I, I never did. I, I love to learn. I've always had the flip flop where the further along we got inside of high school, the smarter I got. And then my college years, Cracker Jack, I loved it. I abs- I soaked it up like a biscuit and it was awesome. And then the want after you get done with college inside of your life to be able to drink from the pond of knowledge and garner more education. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely what's driven me inside of not just my nine to five job, but also inside of everything that I do that is podcasting. And I was looking for quotes and it was ironic that we had mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson previously mm-hmm. because to mesh inside of almost one to one of what you had just said yeah. is a much shorter sentence from Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay. astrophysicist. There is no greater education than one that is self-driven. Perfect. And Absolutely it is perfect. perfect. It, it, it is one of the tenets I, I, I live by because I've known forever that the instant I learn that there is something to learn about and I go, I'm not interested. There are many things that I'm not interested in or I know that are unsurmountable for me to go and learn, like become an astrophysicist. Yeah. Okay, a little bit out of the ballpark. I totally get it. Right. But, you know, someone will mention a feature inside of a program that I don't yet know how to use. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to go look at it. Right. I, I am absolutely going to go look at it because I know way too many people that would just go, ah, what am I going to do? I don't ever want to be the I don't know what I'm going to do guy. No. I don't. No. And to make sure that that doesn't happen, I have to make sure that I have greater education that not only comes to me, but is self-driven. Do you love to share it as well? I love sharing oh, new yeah. things I've learned. That it's just I, the coolest what, thing. What I love, in fact, I got I got admonished. I, I've told you a little bit of the story. And we're not going to share a whole bunch of it because I don't want to get it too down the cone. Yeah. But I've shared something where because I share my not only my experiences but my then perspective of those experiences. Yeah. I got admonished as a guest host on a podcast. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Where it's like, what? Why are you telling all this story about yourself? Well, the answer is because I'm. I'm fleshing in what I just told people about because they won't have a context if I don't tell them. Right. And it wasn't what they were looking for. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's start again. Right. Now, typically, I wouldn't ever, I would never do that. Right. Because I literally want to take 
what are not my first thoughts, because obviously we're inside of an edited program. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. For those of you that are listening, this program is edited. Yes, it is. That's, so... why, that's why I sound so damn good, because <laughs> trust me, it's right. the editors. But it, th- there is something to be said where being able to convey yourself, especially your first thoughts on something, not only does that allow someone to learn something about you, but when you go back years later inside of the kind of podcasting like I do all the time mm-hmm. and listen to what you thought of 10 years ago, which I can, yeah, you suddenly learn things about yourself. And that's what we're talking about. It's being able to have that self-discovering moment that's not only self-driven because you're wanting that and have that thirst for education, but being able to share and spill that onto other people long after you're gone, that is the definition of podcasting. I'm having that in the now moment now, Mike. I, I go back and I listen to just in the infancy of our program, the things that we've been recording so yeah. far. Th- and this I'm one will learning... be a big one. This one will be a big one for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to go back and you're going to listen to a lot of the things that we talked about inside tonight's first segment. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it may splash around a little bit. Eventually, though, it's going to stick. Yeah. And that's that's the one. It's the yeah. absolute I, one. I really, really am dying to know what this final product is going to be like because we did. We, we bounced around a lot. Guys, we have had, as always, so much fun recording this. And I hope, I pray that you folks are having just as much fun listening to it. And please pass it on to your friends and family as well. In closing, I have just this final thought. You can make excuses, or you can have results, but you cannot do both. My name is Wade B. Olson, and this has been Wade Sense. It's like me trying to explain something that uh, Tyson, the rocket scientist, the, 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 oh Michael uh, Michael Dyson. No, it's not Michael Dyson. Oh, uh, crap. Um, the black guy. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know the black guy. Michael Dyson. It is Michael Dyson, isn't it? No, it's not Michael Dyson. Oh that, crap. That, that's gonna kill me. That me too. I, I can see his face too. Oh. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Wow, were we off? <laughs> Wasn't how I thought it was going to turn out, but thank you. That's talk. Let's do it again. 